بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم This is the second part of the special on the meaning of the shahada of the testimony of la ilaha illallah Muhammadun Rasulullah The Muslim or the person does not become a Muslim or is not considered as a Muslim except with this foundation singling Allah alone in worship and believing in what this testimony entails la ilaha illallah and it's a must that from having faith in this word is the belief in the messenger Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and all the prophets and messengers before him and believing in their messages and that they fulfilled the message and delivered the trust may Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam be upon them all and many of the ignorant as we discussed earlier in the first part think that when they say la ilaha illallah and muhammad is allah's messenger they consider themselves muslims even if they would worship for example prophets or idols or images or the dead or their so forth this is from the great ignorance and great mischief and misguidance why because it's inevitable that the person who declares this testimony believes in it must act and be upright on it and preserve himself from falling in that which contradicts it either by saying or conviction or by way of actions and that's why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in surah fussilat 41 30 Verily those who say our Lord is Allah alone, listen to this. And then they are firm and upright, on them the angels will descend at the time of their death, saying fear not, nor grieve but receive the glad tidings of paradise which you have been promised. We have been your friends in the life of this world, and are so in the hereafter therein. You shall have all that your inner selves desire, and therein you shall have all for which you ask for. The meaning is that they said what? Rabbun Allah, our Lord is Allah. Then they became upright on that. Singled him alone, wahaduhu singled him alone in worship and obeyed him and followed that which is pleasing to him and abandoned the prohibitions which he had set. When they were upright on that, they deserved paradise and attained the honor. In another verse in Surah Al-Ahqaf 46, 13, 14, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهُ ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُوا فَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ 
أولئك أصحاب الجنة خالدين فيها جزاء بما كانوا يعملون Verily those who say Rabbun Allah our Lord is only Allah and thereafter they stood firm and straight on the religion on them shall be no fear nor shall they grieve such shall be the dwellers of paradise abiding therein forever a reward for what they used to do we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from his favors so we should contemplate this matter and understand it carefully until we realize that this is the greatest foundation the greatest foundation upon which the deen of Allah is established because there is no Islam nor there is Iman except by the Shahada that there is no true God worthy of worship except Allah saying by saying by actions and by creed and that the testimony of Muhammad is the messenger of Allah also by saying by action and by creed and believing in all that which he وسلم, had told us as to what occurred and what may occur then the person comes up with the works of Islam, the actions of Islam from Salah, Zakah, Sawm, etc. Here we should not be deluded by the callers to falsehood and callers for shirk who invoke other than Allah and ascribe partners to Him in worship and worship the creation besides Allah or to the exclusion of Allah and they claim that they are still not Kafirs. They are still Muslim. Because they say, La ilaha illallah. They said it on their tongues. But they opposed it by their actions or their statements of kufr. And also they corrupted it by their acts of shirk and worshipping others besides Allah. In the hadith, the Prophet said, Man qala la ilaha illallah, whoever says and states la ilaha illallah, wa kafara bima yu'badu min dunillah, and then disassociates himself from all that which is frees himself from all that which is worship besides Allah, then his wealth and his blood is inviolable and his account is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a Sayyid Muslim. So therefore it's a must therefore to disassociate from disbelief, from shirk in all of its forms and have purity of Worship to Allah the Most High. All of this through the testimony, understanding what it means, complying by what it entails, from the establishment of worship, of salah, zakah, all the Islamic duties upon us. This is the true Islam. This is the true Islam. What opposes this is the disbelief in Allah Azza wa And this is the foundation which we need to follow.
and be on. This is the way the person can be a Muslim, deserving the reward of Allah and his status of honor, subhanahu wa ta'ala, in this life and in the hereafter. And that's why Allah revealed the following verse in Surah Al-Dhariyat 51-56 وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ And I, Allah, created nothing. I created not the jinns and the humans except that they should worship me alone. So he, Allah, made it clear the wisdom behind their creation. That they worship Allah alone. That they were not created in vain and for no purpose. But they were created for this great matter to worship Allah, ascribing no partners with Him in worship. And singling Him alone in their invocation, in their fear, in their hope, in their fasting, in their salah, in their fasting, in their slaughter, in their sacrifice, in all of their worship. And by this Allah, and on this Allah had sent the messengers. As Allah said in Surah An-Nahl 16.36 وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رَسُولًا أَنِ اعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَاشْتَنِبُ الطَّاغُوتِ أَنِ اعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَاشْتَنِبُ الطَّاغُوتِ And verily we have sent among every ummah, every community, a nation, or a nation, a messenger, proclaiming, proclaiming, worshipping Allah alone, and avoid all false deities. So whoever, whoever commits a contradiction or a nullifier from the nullifiers of Islam, then he nullifies this testimony. Because this testimony, it benefits its people if they act by it and if they are upright and firm on it and worship Allah alone. Comply with his commands. Abandon and safeguard themselves and stay away from his prohibitions, they will deserve the status of honor and the utmost and endless happiness and bliss and being safe from hellfire as long as they don't commit a nullifier of the nullifiers of this kalima. And they die on this without repentance. Anyone who contradicts it by an nullifier, by either in saying or in action, then it will be of no benefit to him, even if he utters it 1,000 times in one hour. And if he says, La ilaha illallah, and Muhammad is Rasulullah, and he performs salah and fasts, and gives the charity and performs the hajj but then he says that Musaylam al-Kadhab Musaylam the false prophet who came during the time who appeared during the time of the Prophet ﷺ, then at the time of the Sahaba claiming that he was a messenger if anyone if anyone believes that he was truthful then he commits a nullifier And therefore, his testimony of faith will be of no benefit to him. Or, if he also believes other false prophets, like Al-Mukhtar bin Abi Ubaid al-Thaqafi, or Al-Aswad al-Anisi, 
from Yemen, the other Abi Ubaid al-Thaqafi al-Mukhtar in Iraq. Anyone who believes that any of these false prophets is a true prophet, then they commit a contradicting nullifier and that will make them disbelievers. Even if they say La ilaha illallah and repeats it thousands of times. Similarly, if he says this while he worships Bedawi, a saint, or claimed to be a saint in, by some, if he worships him, or if he worships Al-Husayn, or Al-Hasan, or Ali bin Abi Talib, or worships Ibn Alwan, or Al-Aydarus, or worships the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, or worships Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, or worships Abdul Qadir al-Jilani, or others, invoke them, seeking help from them, offering vows to them, seeking aid and help from them, then this kalima, if he utters it thousands of times, it will be of no benefit to him, because he will disbelieve by these actions. He will be committing a nullifier that nullifies the testimony of La ilaha illallah. Similarly, if he says La ilaha illallah and prays, fasts, but he insults the Prophet wasallam or imputes defects upon him, or mocks him, or claims that he did not proclaim and deliver the message as it should be. But he was defective in that. Or imputes any defect upon him. Then he becomes a kafir, a disbeliever. Even if he says, La ilaha illallah, thousands of times. And even if he prays and fasts and gives charity. Because this is a nullifier. Which nullifies the deen. And that's why the scholars, rahimahumullah, established a separate chapter in the books of fiqh. Tabun chapter, hukmul murtad, the ruling of the on the upstate. The one who commits kuf after Islam. And they mention many of the nullifiers of Islam. Some of which we have mentioned. So even also if he says la ilaha illallah. And denies the obligation of salah, of prayers. And says that the salah is not mandatory. Or fasting the month of Ramadan is not mandatory. Or zakah is not obligated. Or hajj is not obligated with ability. Then he commits kufr by consensus. And his utterance of la ilaha illallah. Or his salah or his fasting. If he negates and denies their obligation. They are of no benefit to him. Even if he prays and he worships. Also. If he prays and worships 
but he says that zina is halal that having illegal sexual relations or uh, sexual relations are halal the illegal ones are lawful zina halal adultery halal or other matters upon which the ummah is unanimous that they are forbidden in this case unanimously unanimously he will be will commit kufr and will nullify his religion by such a statement even if he says la ilaha illallah and Muhammad is the messenger of Allah and prays and fasts but for him to make the unlawful lawful in this case the zina then in this case he is what? belying Allah Allah is the one who made it unlawful when he stated subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah al-Isra 17.32 وَلَا تَقْرَبُ الزِّنَا إِنَّهُ كَانَ فَحِشَةً وَسَاءَ سَبِيلًا and come not near to unlawful sexual intercourse verily it is a fahisha a great sin an evil way and an evil way that leads one to hell unless Allah forgives him so even also if he says that alcoholic drinks are lawful or if he says that gambling is lawful then he commits disbelief. Even if he fasts and prays, and even if he says, La ilaha illallah, why? He becomes a mushrik, kafir. Unanimously, with all Muslims, according to, because why? Because he is mukaddib, he belies Allah in his saying in Surah Al-Ma'idah 590, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, innamal khamru wal maysiru, وَالْأَنْصَابُ وَالْأَزْلَامُ رِجْسٌ مِّنْ عَمَلِ الشَّيْطَانِ فَاجْتَنِبُوهُ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ Oh, you believe intoxicants, all kinds of alcoholic drinks, gambling, ansab and aslam, arrows for seeking luck or decision, are an abomination of Satan's handiwork. So avoid strictly all that abomination in order that you may be successful. However, if the one who says this is someone who does not is ignorant of the ruling because he may have uh, lived in remote areas away from Muslims then in this case the rulings are to be clarified to him with the evidences <clears throat> then afterwards if he insists on making the lawful or the unlawful lawful and the like then he unanimously is considered a kafir. So therefore what is intended is that it should be known that entering the fold of Islam and uttering this tongue, this kalima on the tongue, believing in it what it means, and acting by what it entails, and the testimony that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is the messenger of Allah, 
is not sufficient to protect the persons if he commits that which opposes it, meaning that which nullifies it. So, if a person prays and fasts, but he says this time and time and over and over again, thousands of times, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadun Rasulullah, in every circle, then in addition to this he says that his mother is lawful for him to have intercourse with her or his daughter, or his sister, then unanimously he commits kufr, and becomes an upstate, because he, he made what Allah has declared as unlawful, he made it lawful. Similarly, if he belies any of the prophets, and he says, I that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah and I believe in him and I single Allah in worship and I say la ilaha illallah but I say that Isa ibn Maryam Jesus son of Mary is a liar he's not a messenger or Musa or Harun or David or Dawood or Sulaiman or Noah or Hud or Salih or others the evidence on their prophethood is affirmed in the Quran and if he says these are not prophets or insults them then he unanimously becomes a disbeliever and his utterance of la ilaha illallah and Muhammad is, is, is Allah's messenger and his salah and his fasting will be of no benefit to him because he committed that act of belying Allah and his messenger and insulted Allah's messengers so even if he performs all the legal matters ordained upon him and worships none but Allah and prays and fasts but he says zakah is not obligation giving the due charity is not an obligation Whoever wishes to give it, and whoever does not wish may not give it. Then he unanimously becomes a kafir and an upstate. Now, because he said zakah is not wajib, is not an obligation. And he opposed the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Baqarah 243, وَأَقِيمُ الصَّلَاةَ and also establish the Salah and give the due charity, the Zakah. And also he opposes the texts from the Sunnah, which establish that the Salah and the Zakah are fard obligations from the obligations of Islam and pillars from its pillars. Similarly, if he abandons the Salah, and he says it is not an obligation, no, correcting, if he abandons the Salah, even if he says that it is an obligation, but he abandons it, then he, in accordance with the correct opinion amongst the scholars, he commits a major kufr, 
because of the saying of the Prophet sallallahu the covenant between us and them, between, between the believers and the disbelievers, is as-salah. Whoever abandons it, then becomes a disbeliever. And this hadith is reported by Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, and also by Ahl-Sunan in good chain of narration. And also because of the hadith in Sahih Muslim, Prophet ﷺ saying Between the person and shirk And kufr is the abandonment of salah In addition to many of the verses and narrations Indicating the kufr of the one who abandons the salah So from this the person or the believer Should be clear regarding his religion his deen and must know that la ilaha illallah is the foundation of the deen and it is the foundation with the shahada of Muhammadun Rasulullah and that no Islam without it no iman, no faith without it no religion without it except with la ilaha illallah Muhammadun Rasulullah believing in all that which the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam brought and being upright on that. And this is a matter which the scholars, rahimahumullah, clarify in their books. And it is a matter of consensus and agreement between the people of knowledge. And so therefore, the Muslim, the slave of Allah, should be on clarity and should not be deceived by the saying of the ignorant and the misguided from the grave worshippers and others those who worship others besides Allah and those who are ignorant regarding their religion and committed worshipping others besides Allah while claiming that they are not disbelievers because just they say la ilaha illallah while they nullify it by their actions and their sayings so if this individual man or woman testifies la ilaha illallah and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah pray fast doing righteous deeds but they say that paradise is not real paradise is not near uh, real or that hellfire is not real there is no paradise and there is no hell all of these are only words without reality then they commit kufr disbelief by this utterance major disbelief by the consensus of Muslims even if they pray and fast and so forth and claim that they are Muslims and even if they abandon shirk and claim that they single Allah alone in worship but they say that paradise and hell or hell are not real. There is no paradise, nor there is hell. Or he says there is no scale, or denies the resurrection, no hereafter. Then he becomes an upstate disbeliever, misguided by the consensus of Muslims. Or if he claims that Allah does not know the unseen, 
or that Allah does not know things on their reality, then he is a disbeliever because of that. Because he belies Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying in 58.7 Surah Al-Mujadila إِنَّ اللَّهَ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عَلِيمٍ Verily Allah is the all-knower of everything. And replete, and the verses like this are replete. Because in this case, he has belittled the status of Allah Azza wa Jal and insulted Allah by this saying. So from this, we know that the testimony of La ilaha illallah and that Muhammad is Allah's messenger is the foundation of faith and the foundation of Islam. But it does not protect its sayer if he commits a nullifier from the nullifiers of Islam. In addition to this declaration, the Muslim must perform that which is obligatory upon him and abandon that which Allah has made unlawful. But if he does not bring any nullifier, does not commit any nullifier, but rather he commits sins, a sin from the sins, which is lesser than shirk, lesser than ascribing partners to Allah in worship, then his religion will diminish. And his state of faith of Iman will be weakened, but he does not become a kafir. Like for example, the one who commits adultery or drinks, alcoholic drinks, while believing they are unlawful. In this case, his state of deen is deficient. His faith is weak. And he is on danger, on a danger state. If he dies on this, that he may be admitted for punishment in hell. That's why we say this is on a dangerous state. But even if Allah admits him for punishment in hell, but he died as a muwahid Muslim, someone who singles Allah alone in worship and as a Muslim. So, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punishes him for a time, but his end will be in paradise because he died as a Muslim. So this is up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, if a person dies while committing these sins, and did not repent from them, then he is on a dangerous path. And his state rests with Allah. So therefore, opposing the command of Allah is of two types. First one is that which entails apostasy and nullifies Islam in its entirety and the person will be a kafir when he or she commit any of the nullifiers of Islam. 
The second type of opposition is that which does not nullify Islam, but it weakens it and weakens the faith of the individual. And the committer of this opposition is on a dangerous is on a is on is on a, is on a, on a dangerous state or in a dangerous state if he does not repent as long also as when he commits these sins he does not consider them as permissible meaning he believes they are unlawful but he commits them then he is trailing a dangerous path if he does not repent like in the case of the one who dies on zina committing illegal unlawful sexual relations or dies not repenting from drinking alcohol or dies in a state of severing the ties of kinship undutiful to his parents or dies not repenting from usury all of these cases fall under the Mashiach of Allah, the will of Allah if Allah wishes he may punish him and if Allah wishes as he wishes he may forgive him because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Allah لا يغفر أن يشرك به chapter 4 verse 116 إن الله لا يغفر أن يشرك Verily Allah forgives not the sin of setting up partners in worship with him but he forgives whom he pleases sins other than that So, why? Because he is not a kafir when he does these things. As mentioned earlier, he doesn't make them lawful when they are unlawful. But he followed his desires and shaitan and committed them. But if someone makes the unlawful of zina, adultery, or drinking alcohol, or usury, he makes that lawful, then he becomes a disbeliever, as explained earlier. So therefore, it is incumbent to remind ourselves regarding these matters, and to watch carefully, and that be clear, to be clear on these matters. And these are from the men, from the mental matters, from the creed of Ahl Sunnah, and the companions of his mess- of the Messenger wasallam, were upon that. And their followers on righteousness were upon that. And this brings another issue which may take place on some of these in some of these da'wah rooms or places, whether it is electronic or otherwise. We see people rushing to give or to Hasan 
to see that someone accepts Islam. Certainly someone accepting Islam, this is something pleasing to every Muslim. Because this is a deliverance for this man, for this individual, from the state of disbelief that leads to hell, taking him from darkness to light, to the state of belief that leads to paradise. Yes, this is very pleasing. And we love to see people coming to this guidance. But what happens is that once someone accepts Islam, then unfortunately what happens is they are left ignored. Neither the teachings of Islam are presented to them clearly, nor they are followed after the declaration of the Shahada. Followed to see, followed to benefit them, how to grow in Islam, followed so that they can begin performing what's dutiful upon them from the prayers and the other duties. So therefore we have to exert more effort and be of a benefit to these people. Explaining Islam clearly to them and following up also to the best of one's ability with them and also to provide them with good information, reliable information. Not just the stick sites without verifying, for example, these sites or these resources. Now we should be very, very careful. We give them that which is reliable and trustworthy because they are trust. And this is advice. And the believer is to be trusted on his advice and must exert trust in giving the advice. Be trustworthy. And we should also advise those who accept Islam not to waste their times by being in most of their times in chat rooms or doing things that are of a minimal benefit, not to say without a benefit. Our times are precious as Muslims. And we will be asked about them. How did we utilize them? So therefore I invite everyone who accepted Islam on these electronic menus or avenues to seriously take a path for knowledge, to acquire knowledge and to benefit. Their faith will be 
stronger when they do that. And they will safeguard themselves from many unwarranted and perhaps evil consequences. We see some of them in some of these rooms where anyone can pick up the mic and say anything. Some of the things said are clearly deviations from the true path of Islam. And the newcomer or the one who reverts may not know that. Because he generally trusts that these are Muslims. Alhamdulillah. But they don't know that deviant sects exist. And they are active. And their ways can be deceptive. So therefore we advise the reverts to safeguard themselves from the fit and the afflictions and begin to implement what La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah entails upon them and once they do that by Allah's leave they will begin to understand that the Muslim should utter, say, or do that which will bring him good and keep away from that which will inflict harm upon himself. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestow upon me and you a brightness on his deen and bestow upon all of us the correct understanding of the deen of Islam and fairness on it. And may Allah the Most High protect us from the evils of ourselves and from our wrongdoings. Innahu sami'un qareeb. Wa sallallahu wa sallama wa baraka ala abdihi wa rasulihi nabiyyana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. وَأَتْبَعِهِ بِإِحْسَانٍ إِلَى يَوْمِ الدِّينِ May Allah Salaam be upon his prophet Muhammad, his slave and messenger, and upon his household and his companions, all of his companions, and all of his followers in righteousness until the day of resurrection. At large, this discussion First part and second part, most of it was based upon the explanation of La ilaha illallah, which was given as a lecture by the great Imam of our times, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, may Allah's mercy be upon him, Sheikh Abdul Aziz bin Baz, Rahimahullah. 